course, is Warren Johnson. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of mine, Nick Picky. I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? As always, with my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Facone. That's me. I don't really know us like you think that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. Oh, my God! Is he the third man? He's the third man! What the hell is going on here? Straight Shooters is, the, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food, no nothing. Just maniacism. Well, all the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Hal. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up, ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land? My name is Warren Johnson, and I'm joined, as always, by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Facone, the Philly voice and Philly influencer, and you are listening to episode 225 of The Straight Shooters on a whole bunch of platforms. Wherever you can find podcasts anywhere is where you can find us on those platforms. But, Nick, I got to check in with your weekly check-in. How you doing tonight, my good brother? I am doing well. We are recording in the middle of a Philadelphia 76ers, Milwaukee Bucks, the NBA clash. And I'll tell you, man, today's NBA trade deadline was not that great for your uh, 76ers. And I'm not feeling too good about our basketball team right now. Well, at least the weather's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I got to admit, it might be in the 40s, but I'm all about it. And <laughs> just a few days ago, it was in the 60s, and it's going to be in the 60s again before long. So uh, I'm okay with it. I gotta admit, the weather the weather hasn't been uh, that bad, and this we're already into February, so knock on wood, uh, no major snowstorms, please. <laughs> I mean, it would be normal if we had major snowstorms, actually. So correct, at least one. This is not normal. Being normal is weird. Like this is not normal. This is abnormal to be this nice. Yes. This time of the year. I know it's early Feb. It's now early February. And it's yeah. great. I just moved into a new place, and I'm trying to. Get the lay of the land a little bit in, in this place and so the weather hasn't been making it that much difficult it hasn't been bitterly cold to where i don't know when i what a temperature i should set my heat to or anything like that so for that i am thankful well aren't you lucky yes the sixers <laughs> currently however are not because they are down not... by 10 right. charles charles barkley compared them to the cleveland browns oh boy. wow that's a yeah that's a lot that's a yeah. little bit of a that's a that's a take of the hot variety. It is. I did post a video on Philly Influencers Twitter uh, page. So PHL underscore influencer on Twitter. You can see Barkley's comments. Uh, it was before the game actually, and uh, now we're in the third quarter. So uh, I'll tell you, man. I, I think all the attention in Philly right now is on the Sixers because of the expectations that were laid upon them. The Eagles season's over. And uh, it does not look good. Expectations, man. Mm-hmm. They they can they can be trouble. They can be they trouble. Can. Speaking of speaking expectations, of, <laughs> <I was laughs> you knew I was going. Uh, yes. Uh, our podcast tonight is going to be mostly about WWE's conference call today, and really the state of the WWE network. Because on that conference call, they had some interesting things to say about the WWE network and its potential future. Uh, 
that could change how we view wrestling moving forward, potentially, possibly. Nothing is uh, set in stone, nothing is signed, obviously, but it's definitely worth talking about because WWE talked about it <laughs> in their conference call, their yeah. quarterly conference call today. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We might touch on the uh, Wednesday Night War ratings, even though it's nothing really new. AEW won again. Uh, I think they both both shows gained viewers, which is nice to see. Neither one cracked a million again. But hey, if they're growing, that means AEW should crack a million any week now. But it is good to see that both shows did gain viewership, which is nice. I think that's really good, actually. Uh, the, you know, I know Charlotte was on NXT this week. She didn't like get cause an inc- a dramatic increase in ratings. I don't think any one person will from WWE, but whatever. But, you know, we might touch on that in a little bit. But we, if time permits, though, what we really want to touch on, if, if time permits, uh, is, like I said last week, we, we haven't really talked about this. It's an evergreen topic, and we might dedicate a whole episode to it. But if we got time, enough time on the show, depending on how long we talk about the WWE Network, because, you know, that could be a 20-minute conversation. That might be an hour-long conversation, whatever. But if time permits, we'll talk about our memories with wrestling video games. Because I don't, you know, I'm pretty sure Nick is the same way. I mean, you've watched a bunch of wrestling, so I'm sure you play wrestling video games too. But i played wrestling video games my damn self. I've played, I mean, tons of them. I mean, going back to Super Nintendo and and yeah. up through Xbox 360 and to Xbox One. I don't have an Xbox One, but I've played, you know, a couple games here and there on the Xbox One. Uh, but I definitely owned a bunch of video games. I can vividly talk about a bunch of them. So like I said, if time permits, uh, we'll talk about that as well. But our focus today will be on the WWE Network. But before we get into that discussion, uh, of course, like I said, you can find us on all the platforms you can think of out there, Spotify, SoundCloud included. Of course, we have our website. We can find all 224 prior episodes of The Straight Shooters at shootersradio.com. And we got a Patreon, patreon.com slash shootersradio. We can subscribe to some exclusive content for the nominal fee of $1.99. Coming up, we're going to have some exclusive content coming your way. What is it going uh, to be, Nick? What Tell the folks what we're going to do next on Patreon. We are going to revisit the Attitude Era. Oh, yeah. By the way, by the way did you see that tweet the WWE Network sent out about they're going to do like a docuseries on the Ruthless Aggression Era? I did so see that. I literally just watched it maybe like a half hour ago. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. But, we'll see. Um, because I, I think know. maybe they tapped the well of the Attitude Era t- too much. Cause, oh, like, you think? <laughs> we are through with that. But not <laughs> on our Patreon. Not on our Patreon because uh, <laughs> we are going to revisit, uh, I think, a forgotten classic. Uh, we are going back to 1999, February of 1999, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, when Stone Cold Steve Austin put up his WrestleMania title shot against Vince McMahon. In a steel cage match, a black steel cage, which is black really cool. That, yeah, that might have been the first time I think we we've seen that in the Attitude Era, like that black cage, which is a cool visual, a lot better than the blue one. And uh, that was the debut, the debut of a huge WCW superstar and a huge WWF game at the time of the Monday Night War, the Giant, who literally went by his real, yeah, went, went by his uh, real name, Paul White. And that's this is when Michael Cole was on commentary as Jim Ross was dealing with his Bell's palsy, uh, you know, off, off the air. So um, I remember Michael Cole going, Paul White, it's Paul White. And I'm just like, wait, is he supposed to be saying that? Like, uh, why wouldn't you just call him the giant? But that was before I understood all the copyrights and all that. So maybe WCW had a copyright. But definitely uh, a, a crazy moment, crazy match. Vince McMahon bumped like hell. 
bleeding profusely. A really fun match. I remember my friends came over to watch it because we didn't have school the next day because of President's Day. So uh, very, very fun. Very, very. I, I wouldn't say the whole pay-per-view was great, but it, it was just like a memory I had of, of that era. So we're going to live commentate the uh, main event of the Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon match. And can't wait for that. You can... We're gonna record that, but we're gonna you're gonna listen to it. You're gonna I'm gonna release it on Patreon Valentine's Day this year. Ah, so how about if you that? wanna if you're not going out with your lady, your significant other, your man, or your lady, whoever whoever that significant other is, uh, you got some time to spend on Valentine's Day or that weekend for that matter. Slide on over the Patreon. You can listen to that live commentary for the nominal fee of one ninety nine. Listen to us react to. Like you said, a, a, uh, a forgotten classic. So much. I haven't watched this match in like years. Like, yeah, I I've watched seen it clips dozens of times, dozens of clips. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't remember the last time I watched that match from from beginning to end. I know, man, this was like years ago now. Maybe when the WWE Network first first came out, I was trying to watch every Raw from '98 into '99. I was into '99, and I was gonna watch like was I gonna watch every Raw? I think yeah, I think every Raw, and then watch the pay per view. And I would just watch it casually. I wasn't like trying to write about it. I was just watching it just to see catch up on things that I may have missed back then, back right. in those days. And so I don't know. I probably got right before. Actually, I don't think I made it to '99. I think I got to the end of '98, like around rock bottom. But that was like literally like 2014, like when that when the yeah. network first came out. I haven't done it in years, but I might do it again. I don't know, but. Uh, you want to hear Nick's story about the the event and my reaction to the event? Uh, pretty much not for the first time, but for like maybe the second time. Check us out Valentine's Day Patreon Patreon.com/slash/UdasRadio. We'll have that exclusive content for you there. Now, speaking of the WWE Network conference call today with WWE Vince McMahon and his his interim CFO, Chief Financial Officer Frank Riddick, had some. The Chronicles of Frank Riddick had some. Uh, Lou Riddick. No, just Frank. It's uh, some other guy named Frank. Uh, they had some interesting things to say about the state and possible future of the WWE Network. Uh, the lead here, I got this story up from Sports Illustrated. Uh, it says WWE is in talks to sell some of its content, some of its video content, including pay-per-view broadcasts, to quote-unquote major streaming services, according to Vince McMahon. He said that on today's earnings call. Uh, currently, the WWE Network streaming service, which costs $9.99 per month, is home to all the company's pay-per-view events, as well as documentary series and a vast library of archival footage. We all know this already. But WWE has been in the process of expanding the streaming service network to include tier access, which we've been hearing about for years. Yeah. Um, like, you know, some things will be premium, some things won't. Uh, the, the tiered network offerings were supposed to launch in January, but were, not, were put on hold. Why? We don't know. Um, then they have a quote here from Mr. McMahon. He said, well, you know, we have a lot of options. They continue, they're trying to continue to grow with a free tier and a more enhanced tier, blah, blah, blah. But right now, there's no better, no more better time to exercise the selling of our rights to all, ma- all the majors who, quite frankly, all the majors are really clamoring for our content. So that could be a significant increase, obviously, in terms of revenue. And as they, they asked Frank Riddick what offerings will be considered off limits, essentially, he said nothing is off limits to a streaming provider. Uh, so I don't want to get into the full quote, but that's pretty much what he said, that nothing's off limits. Uh, and it said that in this story that if WWE sells some rights to another streaming service, an announcement is suspected in the first quarter of 2020. That's now, pretty much. <laughs> like, that's we are in the first quarter of 2020 right now, pretty much. Uh, and later in the story, they said that 
the network subscriptions decrease 10% in the final quarter of 2019, down to 1.42 million. Uh, but they expected to go up in the first quarter, up to 1.47. I'm sure that would help. WrestleMania would help that. But I'm not surprised at all that it dropped neither. So let's first pick this, off piece, pick this apart piece by piece. First off, thoughts on WWE potentially selling off content to other streaming services? As a as a fan, I think it kind of sucks because I'm so used to paying $9.99 to, to watch all of their pay-per-views. And now there's the possibility that I'm going to have to pay more each month to watch the pay-per-view on a separate streaming service. Um, and I do think it's kind of funny that Vince McMahon says major streaming services in his conference call. when I guess he doesn't think WWE Network is a major streaming service. I mean, I guess look compared at the, to, the subscriber numbers, it ain't. Yeah. Yeah. Compared, compared to, to you know, like, even Disney Plus. I mean, I don't know all the numbers. I haven't done the research there. Um, oh. With, with how I got some Disney Plus groups. numbers, Disney Plus numbers, and it'll, it'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But it's quite a lot, it's quite a quite a lot of um, subscribers with Disney Plus compared to WWE Network. But go ahead. Yeah, and then that could possibly play a role of why George Barrios and Michelle Wilson left because uh, of this this ideal that Vince McMahon said that you know if maybe they weren't keen on that idea. That's why they left the company. So as as a fan. I'm just kind of like, man, I don't want to pay more since I'm so used to. It's been six years now that I've been paying 9.99 to watch their pay-per-views. I, I mean, I'm used to it. I don't want to have to pay more. I don't want to have to pay $50 a month when I'm already I'm paying AEW's prices $50 a month, like four times a year, not $50 a month, but you know what I mean, four times a year at least. So, you know, even the NWA prices, you know, I've, I've order both their pay-per-views so far and you know that it's like you can get it for $15 if you order it before a certain date and then after it it bumps up to like 24 or 25 dollars so uh, that's where I'm at I just don't want to pay more I'm kind of like bummed out but as a business person it makes sense for them they they want to increase revenue that's a good way to do it uh, which streaming service they choose would be interesting and I did read uh it might have been the Voices of Wrestling piece. Uh, like a, it was more of a opinion piece um, that you had sent me, where NBC's Universal, their streaming service Peacock, that's going to be unveiled this year. Maybe that's a home for since they already have a relationship with NBC Universal. Maybe that'll be a home for their pay-per-view events and stuff like that. So um, it makes sense in a business sense to try and increase revenue. But does that mean more people are going to get? are going to order WWE pay-per-views, I'm not sure because I'm not the only one that's gotten used to paying 10 bucks per month to watch their pay-per-views. Oh, we and, all have. Yeah. So I don't think uh, maybe me and you will be like, well, we kind of have to because we're on a podcast and we, we, we have to. We need to know what happened. And Man, everything. that's going to be but, tough, bro. Yeah, it is. It is. So uh, I'm not saying we will. I'm just saying, like, there will be people that are begrudgingly signing up for, you know, a streaming service should WWE do this. Um, and then other people are just like, all right, well, I'm done. Like, WWE content's not the hottest right now. WWE's not at the front of the mainstream or pop culture or anything like that. It, it's not a must-subscribe type of platform. Uh, f for people, so that might just you know cause a lot of subscribers to just end their subscription. Who knows? Or not even end it, but just not buy the pay-per-views. So um, I'm interested to see how this plays out. 
I do think, I mean, if he brought it up during the conference call today, I do think that's going to happen. I don't think he would throw it out there um, to his investors and the media. And honestly, if he didn't think it was going to happen. So uh, he already said that they were, you know, in talks and like uh, in this SI piece that it, uh, announcement could be made in the first quarter if they do come up with a deal. So I don't think they would have offered that much if they weren't truly thinking about doing it. Um, I know there's that ESPN plus affiliation with UFC where you can only get UFC pay-per-views through ESPN plus now. Um, so maybe they try something with that. And apparently it's been successful for both ESPN and UFC, but I haven't done the research on that either. Uh, once things settle down with my move and I get everything organized, I'm mm. definitely going to dive deep into, into this stuff because it's very interesting and it's very, you know, there are numbers to back up decisions like this so i'm just wondering like what numbers they're seeing and and why the decision to go this route was made now and, instead of you know maybe last year versus next year like why now so uh, i don't think espn and ufc's had their relationship like pay-per-view relationship for a year yet i, I think it started in 2019 but i'm not sure if it was like january yeah, it started in 20... I forget the exact time it frame it started, but it definitely started in 2019. So uh, maybe that's part of their, you know, plan to, to kind of copy what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the selling off... I, mean, I guess I agree with you on that. I, like, I'm a fan just like you are, and it's been six years since I spent that much money, $60 on a pay-per-view. Like, at least for WWE. I spent... Even for like New Japan, I, I got New Japan World when I wanted to watch Wrestle Kingdom. So sixty dollars, like most wrestling fans, are not paying that nowadays. Now that's not to say they that some won't. Some, you know, of course somebody will. Look at AEW; they've gotten some people to spend fifty dollars on pay per view only four times a year, so it's a little different. Right. Whereas WWE has pay per views every month, and that that model started in the nineties when they were just when they started rolling hot and you know or they needed the revenue and it was a combination of both. They needed the revenue. Also, they there's an appetite for it, so they started just giving it out every month. People were buying it every month, but then that slowed down to a, you know considerably. And you know once the you know we hit the 2010s and 2013 into 2014 when the WWE network started um, to retrain to, to essentially sell it off though, like you said, it makes sense from a business standpoint. But to who, right? And what do you sell off? In my mind, is only pay-per-views. That's the only thing worth selling off, right? You're not going to sell off NXT television. Obviously, that's on TV, so you can't really do that. You're going to sell off a documentary? No. Like the, like you said, the Attitude, not the Attitude, the um, Ruthless, Ruthless Aggression series, nobody's paying extra money to see that. Like It had to be a pay-per-view. And if you do a pay-per-view, do you do all of them? Do you only do the big five or four, whatever it is now, or do you put no mercy on for sixty dollars, sixty dollars or whatever it is on right. another streaming service, whatever whether that is a the NBC one Peacock or whether that's ESPN Plus or Disney Plus? Uh, do you do that? I don't know, uh, but it's going to be tough to retrain people to do that. I mean, it it, it AEW's done it to some success, but they're not getting millions of buys. They might get a hundred thousand or so. Uh, and you, you you talked about you know UFC and like that model, which is what they pretty much did. They sold all their pay per views to ESPN, to where you now can only watch. And we talked about this at the time, like maybe something WWE would do, right. where 
only the pay-per-views. You can, you can watch, like, serial content they might have on, on ESPN Plus for, like, that regular subscription price of, like, five ninety nine I think it is, for ESPN Plus. Yeah. So you can watch, like, the, ser- the series and whatnot, and maybe some of the fight nights they might have in there for free. But if you want to watch one of the pay-per-views, it's, was it, $60, $70, whatever it is. At least, yeah. You know, like, it's a normal pay-per-view. Uh, so UFC did it no problem because ESPN paid for it. And I don't know how much it suffered overall, but I can tell you for the McGregor fight, McGregor's a draw. He's a legit draw. For that fight alone, they got they you know I think Robert Iger, who works for Disney, uh, he said that excuse me he said during a earnings call for Disney that that fight alone got about a million buys on ESPN Plus and got them about a half a million subscribers, wow. which we just mentioned earlier. WWE Network has like 1.42 million subscribers today. Yeah. <laughs> Like after today. six years, <laughs> right? When six years ago, when they first announced it, around this time, by the way, don't forget this. We're coming up on an anniversary, six year anniversary of the WWE Network. They wanted over one million by the end of the year, and I just looked it up when we were before our show started, looking up some of my old stories about that time period. They hadn't even released it internationally when it launched. It was only domestic. It was only I'm not sure if it was even out in Canada. It was definitely out in the United States. Yeah, I don't think but, it was available in Canada. But at and I, and I and Nick found it. I I wrote a story that said if they want to get in, a million subscribers, they got to want to have to release it internationally. I remember they did like you had to commit for six months. Yes. In the beginning, like if you, yep. you if you if you they had two price points. It was like if, if you can go for the nine ninety nine to year, but the nine ninety nine came with a six month commitment. So it's essentially sixty sixty bucks. If you wanted to go month to month, that was twelve ninety nine. But now everything is nine ninety nine with a free month off top and you can get 9.99 after that right that's pretty much what it is now and then what it's been for yeah. a long time and they really hasn't haven't messed with the price point i don't know how long uh it's been just the same for a long time so yeah that's gonna be tough you know ufc it's working for them it seems like because their audience has never had to pay only you know ten dollars yeah. for a view like right. they've always had pay-per-views where they spent 60 70 80 dollars whatever it was for pay-per-views so all it was all they really did was change the platform you bought it on instead of buying buying it on traditional cable you spend an extra couple dollars for the espn plus platform and then you still kept buying the pay-per-view just as normal only thing is like i said you just spend a couple extra bucks for espn plus which means you get a whole bunch of other content too you know whether that's hockey games they show hockey games on espn plus for free yeah you don't pay for those they show you know hey you might be a cfl fan i watch cfl games on espn plus or you know, you can watch different. There's all kinds of stuff. There's a bunch of stuff on there. College Even more, sports. more UFC content too. That right. I don't necessarily knew, know if it was part of UFC Fight Pass, and I don't know how how that's going. Because remember, UFC had their own streaming service, UFC Fight Pass, and yep. it wasn't like as popular, I guess. Like we didn't hear it as much as WWE Network, but they didn't put you anything know, that, on there. That was they the only thing. put yeah. like the pre- preliminary fights on. They didn't put pay per views on there. No, like they did have put, uh, they did have like certain fight nights that were just on UFC Fight Pass, yeah. but they were like foreign ones where they would air, you know, early in the morning or late at night where like no one was really watching them anyway, and they they didn't have name value attached to those fight nights, so right. that was about it. They, I think I signed up for a trial and then I tried it out and I was like, man, this is kind of lame, and I was not a fan of it. Well, WWE. When they first announced WWE Network, I wrote at the time it was great for fans because 
Oh yeah, I so called cheap. out of work. I called out of work on lunch. Well, not called out. I took a personal day. Let me get that out there. I did not call out sick. It's like a personal day just so I could watch Fall Brawl 1997 for the first time all the way through. So, and re- I remember there were problems that day too on launch day. Like it kept freezing at the same exact point, and I, I was getting really angry, but. Um, Definitely, it, it was a, a banner day for a wrestling fan, and I de- I took off of work on the launch day of WWE Network. That's how big of a fan I was, and how much I was looking forward to it, and I'm sure other people did too. Yeah, but like back then, I wrote many others wrote like it's for fans. It was a steal. Like it made sense for WWE to have a streaming service because they have so much content. How do you get it out to people? How do you monetize it? How do you like, what do you do with it? Besides, you're not going to sell DVDs. Like, that market had died even by 2014. So what do you do? Get a streaming service. And they were kind of ahead of the curve on that. Because you see, every wrestling promotion damn near has a streaming service mm-hmm. now. You go to independent, yeah. they have streaming services. Or they have a way we can purchase their content via the internet, via a streaming service. But you go look at Impact, you look at Ring of Honor, you look at New Japan. They all have streaming services now. WWE is the forerunner of that. So, but the problem was, it looks like in hindsight, putting everything on it, including the pay-per-views up on there for $9.99 hurt them. Where UFC was like, hmm, you can subscribe to some content, but if you want our big shows, you got to pay for those extra. Which I think if WWE could go back to do it again, they probably would do it that way. Yeah. They probably would do it that way. If like, because again, you can get all the shows now for the nominal fee of $9.99. Or, you know, what, you know, so... That's a steal. It has always been a steal. The problem is, I don't always watch WWE Network, but I don't. I barely watch it. It's, it's pay-per-views, pretty much. I don't really watch the other stuff they have. I haven't watched the historic content in a, in a while. But other than, like, I don't watch Table for Threes like that no more. They were okay in the beginning, but I don't really like them that much anymore. Don't watch Road Trip anymore. That was okay in the beginning, but it's not worth going out of my way. Right. I will watch the, the, the Stone Cold podcast they have on there now. Yes. So there's, there are certain things that I like. On there. The, I mean, bump, the, the bump, yeah, definitely. I haven't watched the bump yet, but I heard good things <laughs> from you specifically. Uh, what's, <laughs> Holy what's, the, what's the show? The three is it three sixty five or Chronicle? Those, yeah, they have those a lot of similar good. type shows where uh, it's like Chronicle and three sixty five. You could look at it, and be like, okay, what's what's the difference in this right. show? But three sixty five, definitely those be, things are very good. Three sixty five is supposed to be for a whole year. Chronicle yeah. like a finite amount of time, but like I I get it. It's just Right, I no. It's good content. Um, they just I don't. They don't. I think they spread themselves thin because you have like really great episodes, but they're so far the spreads so far apart. So yeah, they're not, they're like, not consistent. consistent with it. Yeah. yeah, they're not consistent. And if they are consistent with things, probably on YouTube, not on WWE Network. Yeah. Uh, it takes time for that stuff to. They produce a lot of content, so it takes time for that yeah. stuff to get. Produced. And I'm sure they want to give people time to to watch it because not everyone's gonna watch it as soon as it's you know put on the network and that's what like i don't watch things when they're put on the network right away after a pay-per-view they'll have they'll air those things those new things but i think it seems like you know that there's only a finite amount of people that will watch a special after a pay-per-view it's that's a long ass night especially when all their pay-per-views are at least four or four and a half hours now so and I don't I don't know if that's specifically a problem because, uh, you know, sp- sports games go go that that amount of time sometimes. But uh, I get wrestling is different. 
And as a wrestling fan, I don't want to sit there for like four or four and a half hours for every single pay-per-view. But um, this, the way they the, the way they schedule stuff, the, like after a pay-per-view or after Raw, um, it's just not helping now. Yeah, because they try to do it, like use a pay-per-view as a lead-in for that piece yeah. of content. Yeah. But it doesn't, like you said, on a Sunday night when it's already like 11 o'clock, 1130, I'm tired. I gotta, I got to go to work tomorrow. So I'm not saying right. I'm going to watch that. Yeah. So, I mean, I could watch it another time, but it's also cool to watch it when it first runs. So maybe you put it on right. like a Tuesday night when you don't have SmackDown on anymore. So you're not competing against SmackDown. Put it on Tuesday. What's on? Is 205 Live on Tuesdays? No, it's on Fridays now. They aired on Fridays on, on the network? I believe so. I so believe they still air Tuesday. live. The Broken Skull Sessions should be on Tuesday. Yeah. Why? I, although I do, I, I will say, if I don't watch it after a pay-per-view, I do enjoy watching it Mondays after work or something like that, before Raw. You know, kind of like, okay, like I'll catch this tomorrow and, you know, have my dinner while watching it. Like, that, that that's like my yeah. routine sometimes. And so that I, I can, that is a, is a good way for me to consume that content without kind of like spreading myself too thin and trying to wait up and, until 1 a.m. to finish this oh, no. thing where I'm just like not, it's not worth it. But I guess, like, for me, if I'm programming from a WWE standpoint, you can have something on every night of the week almost. So Monday is Raw. Tuesday, you go to uh, – I can hear you scratching your head there, Nick. And the microphone's picking up. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, how about – I don't know. I can hear it, though. But Monday is Raw. Tuesday is, like, that Broken Skull session staying or whatever. Or if it's Chronicle over 365, whatever that piece of content is that you want to promote for that week or that month, Tuesday night. Then Wednesday is NXT. Well, I guess not really anymore because they have. Yeah. Well, what day does NXT UK air? I think that I don't know if they moved it to Thursdays, uh, like a first run air, but it used to be Wednesdays yeah, it's at on like Thursdays. 3 p.m. So it's on Thursdays now. Is that 3 p.m. Yeah, Same time? I don't know if that's 3 p.m. But it's on Thursdays. Okay. Because I um, I remember like they would first air it on 3 p.m. and then it would be like on demand. And I, a lot of actually I totally forgot that. It, I don't want to say I forgot that existed because I used to watch it, try to get caught up. I just, nothing like really important happened on those shows. And it was more about building up, you know, their UK brand. And, you know, it, a lot of those UK wrestlers came to NXT. So, you know, it's like, OK, well, NXT UK is basically the the developmental of to NXT, basically. So I haven't really caught that uh, in a long time. Well, I think the last episode was yesterday. So maybe well, there's Wednesday. Thursdays and Wednesday. Thurs- Wednesdays are Thursdays. So either way, it says NXT UK on a Wednesday. Huh. Thursday could be something else. Friday, SmackDown. There you go. So I don't know. I just wouldn't put it after a pay-per-view. Point is, don't put it after pay-per-views because it's a, not a good lead-in. I don't want to be up that late watching It's overwhelming in a way. Like, it's a turn-off. It's like... You almost resent the fact that you, you don't want to watch it, even because they're promoting it so much. Like after a pay per view, it's like, yo, just let me get through the pay per view. Like stop, just stop. Yeah, I'm stop done. Promoting I'm done. Shit. <laughs> right, I'm done. And then uh, like I just don't want to watch it later on because I just get turned off by it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm done. They did it after uh, Royal Rumble. They put on yeah. the 24 special WWE 24. So there's 365. And 24. <laughs> yeah. The 24 special after it was the one about WrestleMania from last year, which I don't know why it takes them almost a year to do that. Like it's only like a half hour. I understand it take it might take you a, a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, maybe, but like 
a whole year to do that? Like, I'm looking at it from last year. I'm like, I don't even care about this no more. And it's kind of the same format. It's been kind of the same format every year, too. So that's getting kind of tired. But I, I, I only watched, like, the first 10 minutes because it was on still while I was, like, getting ready for bed. And then after I watched the Royal Rumble, it was still on my TV. But I wasn't staying up to watch that because actually I stayed up to watch it through Kofi, through Kofi Kinks and stuff. After that, I was like, all right, done. And I went to bed. But yeah, that's 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 not I don't think that's a good strategy for them. They could definitely better program their original content that's not wrestling related. So I know they program NXT UK to air in a certain night of the week, 205 Live and NXT. But other stuff, I think you could do a better job with that because they put at least to put on like road trip after Raw. I understand you're using Raw as the lead in, essentially, but I don't want to be up that late watching that. I, it's too, I, I got to go to work Tuesday, so why do that? <laughs> uh, one thing that I found very interesting was that the, description, the subscriptions decreased 10% in the final quarter of 2019, and that the network only has 1.42 million subscribers as we sit here today, and they're looking to... Oh, it's going to increase to 1.47. That's crazy that's to me. Five, that's the 500k they want. Like how ESPN Plus got those subscribers. Maybe a little. Maybe that's, WWE Network or a UFC pay per view or something. Is that 500k? I guess I don't know. Either right. way. 4.1.42. Well, is it? Wait. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's do the math here. I'm usually good at. Right, yeah. Let's do. Let's do one point four seven. That was close. I just missed a zero. Yeah, just just one zero. Well, that's not five hundred thousand. Like five hundred thousand is half of that. <laughs> half of like one point four. All right, but it's been six years since the network launched. Almost six years to the day. And from a subscriber standpoint, the network has been a bit of a failure. At least, I mean, it has. This flat out has. Not just from WWE's expectations. Because they wanted to get hit a million before the end of that year, which was 2014. They wanted to hit a million before the end of that year. They're barely above a million six years later. That's rough, right? It launched, and I just looked it up, looked it up network launched February 24th, 2014. So 18 days from now, as we record this, recording this on Thursday, February 6th. Um, I don't know if they've ever been above 2 million subscribers since it's launched. Uh, so that's not good. <laughs> And when they wanted to hit 1 million by the end of that... Yeah, I remember it took them a while to hit 1 million, It too. took them a long time. I'm looking at it a year late. Like, I look at a story from a year after it launched. And, man, they probably had maybe a half a million about that. You know, they didn't even have 700,000. Something like that. They were about that. I don't know. Let me see. Hold on. Let me see. No. January 20, 27, 2015, they, had, they put out a tweet that said they had a million subscribers. Wow. So almost a year to the date of the launching so but it's gone nowhere since no and that's five years ago over five years ago now and that's pretty much how wwe's audience has been overall you look at their tv viewership it's not going anywhere it's going down and its subscribers eh, going up a little bit maybe because the rise of nxt nxt uk they've had some better wrestling on there but other than that hit the ceiling done and like i said that's an objective failure like it hasn't succeeded from that standpoint uh there's some great content on there from the past and i think they got some good stuff they've created some good stuff for the network but it's 1.42 million subscribers looks terrible when you compare it to like disney plus which as of december 28th this is now almost two months ago this is and that's like a month or and a half after it launched. I don't, think I'm re- after, I don't think I'm ready for this. It had 26 million subscribers. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Okay? They expect to hit 90 million by 2024. Okay? I am one of those subscribers, by the way. (laughs) Same. All right? That's unbelievable. Gotta watch those Boy Meets World's reruns. And even for Disney Plus, it said, as expected, starting up a new streaming service comes with huge expenses contributing to a 23% profit decline for the company in the latest quarter. They lost wow. money, and they still had $26 million. I mean, what was their price point? $28.6 million. Like, it, it, it started out, it, it just grew, like, $2 million subscribers in like a couple days like is it like 6.99 or 7.99 starting oh, out whoa disney plus i thought it was i, I don't might think be wrong. it was that high i might it be was wrong. that high ESPN I... plus according to this story this is the ap story by the way as of december 28th had 6.6 million uh this is before the mcgregor fight so if you add another half million to that they're over 7 million subscribers wow. uh hulu uh, let me see. I had 30 million Hulu customers and six million as a fee. So let me see. That's that just, just goes to show you how low in demand WWE pay-per-views are too. Because you would think, okay, I'll just subscribe to that so I can watch a pay-per-view whenever I want, even if I don't watch it live. But man, their their whole their whole like product, product. is just not wanted right now as and much as others and that's i think wrestling as a whole because you can't say oh you can't do what ufc did because they if they got if you got something that people want to watch you can't say yeah. people is dead because they got somebody at least one person that they people want to watch and they drew over a million buys you can still make money with something that people want to see and that's for the masses not just wrestling fans for the masses and I always crack up when people say, oh, this person's a big star, this person is a draw, or this person ain't a draw. It's like, honestly, ain't that many people that are actually legit draw in wrestling right now. Like, yeah, they might be able to put 7,000 wrestling fans in the building, and they might get 100,000 wrestling fans to subscribe, or not to subscribe, but to buy a pay-per-view. And that's cool. But then you got Disney+, Plus, which has got, I'm sure, well over 30 million subscribers to the streaming service now. Because that was back in December 28th. That was two months ago. Yeah. And they were growing every single day. So, yeah, wrestling, we talked about this before. Just not hitting right now. It's not popping right now. And it hasn't been, apparently, for years. When <laughs> you got WWE yeah. Network, hasn't cracked 2 million or barely cracked 2 million and lost a bunch of subscribers or whatever the case may be in six years. And it's funny because I don't think you can point to anyone any other industry except the wrestling industry itself as the reason that there's not like a top draw because creatively they own what they do like they can creatively make someone a star if they really want to and it's just not happened because creatively i think wrestling as a whole it's not just wwe i mean like AEW's had some really good stuff but like there's so much you could there's only so much you can do in wrestling, you know, there that has already been done, but you know, that there some of that stuff that's already been done is just really good that you, you go that route more than once. And then you have like a, you sprinkle a new layer in the, in here, sprinkle a new layer there, but it, it's WWE. They just haven't created anyone at, at all. And it's their own fault. It's, it's the wrestling industry's fault. It has nothing to do with uh, like people think wrestling is lame. Now it's like, well, I mean, to a degree, yes, but they'll come back once there's another. Well, there, maybe there won't be another rock, but um, uh, another star that just transcends wrestling into the mainstream. Like John Cena was that guy. 
and he's not even at the degree the Rock is right now. But yeah, I mean, he might be trying to get there. And he is. He's, he's, he's doing all these projects now. So that's you know the type of star that you would want WWE to create because only WWE can create that type of star with that huge marketing like engine behind it. And they just don't want to now. And that could be a reason why no one wants to watch their product, whether it's subscribing to the network or not. So it's frustrating as a wrestling fan because I know, I think we know, like the characters can be so much better than what we see week in and week out. And I think at some point wrestling fans just get exhausted and they that's why we there's sabbaticals wrestling fans talk about you know the lapsed fan uh you know i took a wrestling sabbatical twice in my fandom like sometimes it just gets too much and right now why would you want to tune into wwe there's nothing exciting no no (laughs) not even on smackdown i thought smackdown was going to be awesome it's it's so bad and like raw is getting better but there's still not like a a standout like like oh I'm gonna turn tune into Raw to see this person like they're building stars which is good um, there's no one that's there yet um, so maybe we have to wait and see with that approach but my goodness SmackDown has just so bad like I I I'm so frustrated with that whole brand <laughs> right now. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. Um, since it looks like this will happen, I think it will happen. This whole thing about them selling off content uh, because they, they they're looking for ways to increase revenue because uh, it hasn't been great outside of maybe you know those television deals they got last year uh, or I guess two years ago when they signed them but they're looking for ways to increase revenue because you know <laughs> you always want to do that so but it's it's a good time I think to kind of reflect on what the WWE network has been up until this point we've kind of done that already to a certain extent. On this episode, talking about things that we've we like about it, things that we wish they would change. But I, it's maybe a little bit of a retrospective. I remember when it first launched, and it had like the Monday Night War documentary, which was right. very a lot of revisionist history and whatnot in it. And it was, <laughs> yeah. They had the um, what was that? The WrestleMania series they had where they talked the about the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had that with Mean Gene Oakland, rest in peace, narrating it. Uh, they put some documentaries on it that they hadn't that, that was only on DVD. So they kind of yeah. started they had the Legends House, which was yeah. wild, especially in hindsight. You know, watching <laughs> I haven't watched it since it aired, but like that's probably wild to look back on even now. It was like two years old, I think, at that point, right? Yeah, it was they, at least a year because they were shopping it around and nobody picked yeah, it up. Right. Which is funny in hindsight as well. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, we'll take a Bagos Club, but we don't want to watch old man version of Bagos Club. Like, Bagos <laughs> Club with old men. Like, nah, we'll be alright. Like, give me more Bagos Club, please. Thank you. Um, We'll take the pretty women over Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yes. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, it, you know, has it really brought, has it really, I'm trying to figure out how it phrases. What is, how has WWE and Network impacted your fandom in the six years that it's been around uh it's really made me appreciate what i was watching growing up because i think the storytelling was better um easier to follow in a way and yeah i think it was more explained where nowadays and i think it's just the product of our society now and how different it is um there's you know not everyone believes in a certain way like it's not good versus bad and all that stuff 
Um, easy to follow back then. Really enjoyed. By the way, like if a month or two ago, I went on a binge watching WCW Nitro from like September 97 all the way through Starcade. And that was some of the best like wrestling shows I've ever seen. You know, uh, 1997 WCW was probably like the best era that they've ever had. And like as a fan for me, um, and I watched that and I was just like, man, like this makes sense. And that makes sense. And if I was like, well, that's weird. They had an explanation of why, it will make sense or did make sense. And I was just like, oh, okay. So that's what's missing now. That's what, like, if you don't understand something, like, just spell it out. Like, don't treat your fans like they're stupid, but be like, hey, this is why this is happening. And don't just ignore things. Don't just drop storylines for no reason. Like, if something happens, then the next week, just write write something, write somebody out or something like that. Uh, that type of thing where it just... Like wrestling matches felt real, and I'm not saying like it's worse today. I'm just saying today it's so choreographed that pe- like you just see wrestlers like why are they standing there for like ten seconds waiting for a move to be done to them like that type of thing. I notice that more now, and of course like the cruiserweights back then in WCW, you could have said some of the same things, but they made it look more realistic. And even watching it now, I was just like, man, like that was awesome because. Even though they were setting up for a spot, they made it look real. They made it look like um, they didn't know it was coming or they were getting away from something. But really, just like Rey Mysterio is so good that he caught him on the plancha or something like that. It's just so different now. And um, it that's why I got this kick. And I felt like an old curmudgeon. And I've tweeted about it like a week or two ago where I'm just tired of like the suicide dives to the outside. I'm tired of the flips that have nothing to do with anything and i never thought i would be like that because i enjoyed that you know 15 years ago especially in tna you know like they were doing flips and all this stuff and i was like wow that's really cool um but now it's 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 all about the psychology it's why i loved wrestling to begin with uh and it, there's just like very very rarely there's psychology and a lot of the really good wrestling shows, uh, AEW and NXT, they have the same type of problems. Like the, I swear they're like two of the best wrestling shows on TV, but a, a lot of the dumbest spots. So uh, it just made like the WWE Network has brought me back to being a kid. Like why I watched Nitro every week and taped it. Why I watch Raw and taped it. Uh, and I I much rather watch those shows than what we have today yeah for me wwe network as it is today and it probably won't be for too much longer how has it impacted my fandom or i think fandom overall in, in the last six years like we kind of had to almost have the built-in excuse for ourselves not to say wwe had this excuse but like why some pay-per-views were trash and it was like well they don't have to put out good pay-per-views every month now they don't have to have finishes in every, every pay-per-view because it's not really a pay-per-view. It's a network special. It's only $9.99. It's different. That was the thing that happened. That's probably still, like, people talk about to this day as to why some of these finishes aren't good or why some of the pay-per-views aren't that exciting and whatnot, which I think is mostly because WWE just isn't that good overall. And when you have pay-per-views every month, on top of that, it only exasperates the issue. Um, But for me, it, WWE Network provided a lot of good writing opportunities from a lot of the past content. Like, I used to do the Throwback Thursday series, and I used to do one every week. And it was cool to, like, kind of 
be able to poll fans like, hey, what do you want me to do next? And they could pretty much say anything, and I could find it and watch it and write about it. It wasn't always perfect because some of the versions, like you go to ECW and they would use licensed music and it's dubbed over with new music on the WWE Network. And that wasn't always great. Not hearing some generic rap song as New Jack comes out instead of Natural Born Killers is like, oh, that's lame. But, you know, it is what it is. Either you pay the (laughs) people who made the song or you make your own generic version and save some money. Um, (laughs) Like Walls of Jericho and WCW Nitro. Like, what the hell? What the hell was that? Uh, I can't use... Smell like smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana or, yeah. or DDP right. in WCW yeah. or Walk not for even, RVD. Not even like the uh, Hollywood Hogan music. They just right. like generic Jimmy NWO. Hendrix. Yeah, yeah. They they can't use Jimi Hendrix. It's like you said. It's some generic guitar riff, blah blah stuff that they had to put over. But um, but the thing is, I used to watch it obviously because I used to watch wrestling more intently when I was at Philly.com. So I would watch it. NXT every week. Uh, I would watch it for Throwback Thursday. So that's two days a week I was watching it. And I would check out the other stuff they had on there. I wouldn't always go back and just on my leisure watch older stuff. But it was nice when I did do it every week for Throwback Thursday to go back and watch some of the stuff that I hadn't watched in either years or I hadn't watched before. And it was it was it was it was educating. I was being educated and wrestling again. And and I I can remember that stuff. So that was cool. But man, I just don't I, I don't. Even in the six years, I've never. There's never a point when I was like, "This is appointment viewing on a daily basis for me." And that's how streaming services are like for for across the board for me right now. Unless it's something I'm watching every day. So like when you know something's on Netflix, like The Haunting of Hill House, and I'm watching that, I'm watching it every day on Netflix. You know, like binge watching it. It's appointment television or. I don't know if this really shows where there's new episodes every week or something like that. It comes out on Netflix. There are like that the one I can't remember his name with the comedian. He does a new episode every week. Uh, it's like a political satire show. I can't remember the name. Uh, I'm sorry. I, mean, there, I yeah. have no idea. Yeah, it is. It is one though. But that, that he does a new episode every week and they upload it to Netflix every week. But like there are times where I've binge watched stuff on Netflix or on Hulu or Disney Plus. Just watch Mandalorian. You know, every time I got a chance turned on disney plus to watch my delorean uh netflix i've watched i mean i can't watch tell me how many shows i've watched on netflix but sometimes when i'm bored i've watched netflix check out what's on there i haven't really done that with wwe network and maybe you know, i know you have you go back <laughs> and watch stuff so that's just that a nice personal. main event was one of my first uh ones right like that's binge watched that's just a personal preference i would assume but yeah, like yeah absolutely but that's this is just me i just it just never was that for me um a lot but, of it was was a lot of it was uh, motivated by things that I watched as a kid that I taped and I, I didn't have access to those tapes anymore because they're in storage. So I'm like, you know, like I want to watch SummerSlam 1990 from Philly because I remember watching it like almost every day or, you know, whenever I had the VCR and I, I had the TV to myself and I, I would pop the tape in and just watch SummerSlam 90. And I would do that, you know, like a year or two after. So it wasn't until really like 95 and you brought it up earlier when they, when WWF started doing monthly pay-per-views where I didn't have time to do that anymore. You know, I was taping these pay-per-views and uh, I only had like, you know, a week or two to watch them before like moving on to the next one and the build for the next one where my attention would shift. Uh, So I think that's where a lot of my fandom started because I watched the same show 
time after time. And uh, that was my motivation uh, on the network to go back and watch these shows that I hadn't watched in, what, like 20 years or something like that. Um, so at first that, that was my motivation, but then like once they started doing the more original content, uh, I don't, I don't remember the first time they had the Stone Cold podcast on. This was the Stone Cold pa- podcast, not the Broken Skull section. So right. like, was Vince McMahon the first one on there? Uh, I think so. So that was like the first time I was like, oh man, this is definitely something that I need to watch like as soon as it airs. Um, so other than that. You know, I, I really did dug the Kofi special after he won the title and they, when he went to Ghana. Uh, that one, I believe I watched the first time it aired uh, and then the next day, just in case I missed anything, you know, because I think that one was late at night, too. But um, other than that, like I can't off the top of my head, there was nothing that I was like, this is why I'm spending 10 bucks. You know, this is the reason it was like the reason I'm spending it is to watch shit that I already watched. Right for, for for much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I was just looking through WWE Network and trying to figure out like what. And I'm asking you this question: What's like the best original piece of content that it's produced that you remember? It was a single piece of content or a series. What's something that you can think of? Because I think we could always go back and look at like old stuff that we like and we love to go back and watch. And but that's not. I mean, that's part of the reason why, but, like, that's not what WWE Network is built on. Like, you, it's also got to be original. So, like, Netflix had movies that they had for years, but then it its brand exploded when it started having original content. Now, there's so much original content on Netflix that you almost forget that it's, there's other stuff on there because it got original content for, like, every genre of entertainment now with music, game shows, baking, all this stuff. So, WWE Network has not nearly that much original content, but what's something that, that stood out for you for, from an original content standpoint that was like, you know what, this was cool on WWE Network? I'm sure there's something, but off the top of my head, uh, I mean, that those, like the Chronicle, that like that stuff uh, really kind of had my eye. I was, th- those were the things where I was like, I definitely want to watch this, especially like the first run one. Uh, maybe Kevin Owens, 365. Mm, okay. um, that was the one I that I remember like right now off the top of my head. I know it's like fairly recent. I can't really f- speak to anything from like 2014 or 15 that I was really like I need to see this. So may- maybe the Kevin Owens 365. I was just very interested. I I can't remember if someone had mentioned that him. You'll oh you'll see like what him and Vince McMahon talked about after his Mania match with, like, Jericho or something like that. And I, I think that was the one that... I think that was the one that showed that... I don't know if there was another Kevin Owens piece that had that kind of, like, interaction, but when Vince McMahon told him that it, it wasn't very good or whatever like that, Kevin was just feeling so, like, sorry for himself uh, backstage, and he was being videotaped and everything, and that was, like, real, you know? Um, so that was definitely something that i look forward to and i was like i absolutely have to watch that but other than that that that's the only thing i can remember really off the top of my head yeah they, they got so much stuff on it there's so much stuff that i'm going back now and looking through like remember uh, camp wwe the cartoon that up as a joke and i was actually looking forward to it because i was like okay like maybe it'll be one of those like adult cartoons and be funny um I mean, it was kind of like adult-oriented, but it wasn't that funny to me. So 
No. Uh, it wasn't that funny. Uh, remember Bring It to the Table with Peter Rosenberg? Oof. Was it like two episodes? Something like that. And it's like, they try to make first take happen in wrestling. It's just like, nope. Not watching that. Uh, some stuff they haven't touched in years, like WWE Countdown. Uh, that's, that was stuff that launched when it first came out. The Breaking Brown love- show was good on WWE Network with the, with the, uh, the PC, uh, the Performance Center. Yeah, I did like that one too. Uh, the Edge and Christian show, that was really funny. I thought it was. Great, yeah. Um, Too Hot for TV, presented by Jerry Springer, that was trash. Um, Swerve, the prank show, that was kind of funny. I do like uh, Untold. Untold was Untold? Uh, very good. They would just kind of sit around. I don't even think they you would see the uh, faces. They would just show like still shots, and you would just hear that them talking, and then it was yeah. like voice, voice of, you know, but. It was very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah. You got stuff like that. Box you know, Club. Box Club, yeah. Uh, no, I did not watch that. As far as original content for me, man, I can't think of... There wasn't really anything that I really sat down with, like, yo, this is great stuff. Like They still have Live with Chris Jericho on there. <laughs> I don't even remember that. I don't either. It's from 2015. It was like a... It must have been like a podcast, something like that. Holy Foley. Remember that? Yeah, Stephanie McMahon and John Cena were the only two episodes on here for that. Oh, that was his podcast. Uh, it was like his Broken Skull Sessions or Stone Cold Podcasting. Yeah. Which I do with Chris Jericho, and I don't I don't know if anybody watched that. Um, Something else to wrestle was pretty cool. I, I watched some yeah, of that. But. Yeah, I'm trying to think, though, man. Nothing really stands out, actually. Like, Swerved. Swerved was kind of funny. Swerved was kind of funny. But it wasn't I like, did, like I right along when it first started but then they started you could tell they started like kind of scripting it and i didn't like it i would say the one thing that i liked all right here we go that stood out for me as a cool piece of content that like i think ww network should like do more of and it's like that's the one thing i remember from ww network as it is today table for three when it started out was really good and i think they should not just do table for three they should bring back the legends of wrestling round tables yeah because i love hearing wrestlers talk candidly about stuff like don't give me scripts. Don't give me, like, the, the especially when there's only, like, 20-minute episodes. No, 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 no. WWE Network, hear me out. Watch time is a good thing. Trust me on this one. You want people to stay on your your uh, your streaming service as long as possible. So if you got table for three and it's an hour, maybe an hour and a half, some change, that's better for you. Like. <laughs> So you want them sessions and watch sessions to be long. That's how Netflix is. That's what they really hone on, hone in on YouTube. The same thing. It's watch time. Trust me on this one. So table for three is something that if it's expanded to an hour, I think it'd be great. Those Legends of Wrestling roundtables were about an hour, and this you could probably still watch those and get something out of them, even though they're like damn, they're like ten years old now. Yeah. But they were fantastic when they're talking about the territories in the seventies. Yep. Or like, I mean, they had such good ones, like so good ones. Even like like big men in wrestling. Just, right. You you wouldn't think that it would be as interesting as it was, and I was a fan when that was on WWE 24/7 on demand. Oh, like great. that, that would be the first whatever a new episode was uploaded, and I think they only updated like the on demand thing twice a month. So it was like two weeks would go by, and then the middle of the month they would update it, and then at the end of the month they would update it. Um, every new Legends of Wrestling show, I was that was my. Now that was my appointment viewing on on demand, but they, they didn't have fantastic. it. They didn't even like do new ones uh, for the network. Oh, never did them. So. And they got like people like Dusty Rhodes on there, yeah. and, and Bob, not Bobby Heenan, uh, 
who's the manager for the Horsemen? Man, JJ Dillon. JJ Dillon and they Jim had Ross, Jerry Lawler, right. like and they Mike had Graham, great topics. Yeah. yeah, they had Mike Graham. They had great topics. Heat seekers, people who just had heat. Yeah. Uh. They talked about the territory. They talked about, like I said, Giants. Worst characters. The soul of black people in wrestling, I guess. Uh, Southern wrestling. The 70s. Families. Canada. Like, great topics. Evolution of hardcore wrestling. They had Pat Patterson on there for some reason. Yeah. Um, like, great stuff. He was a former hardcore champ. That's true. Uh, that is very true. But, like, man. So, yeah. that I, I guess I'm turning this to what they should bring back. Uh, bring that back. <laughs> Cause that stuff was good. Y'all can got you people. will you will top 28 million subscribers if you bring back Legends of Wrestling. You'll have me watching because you bring back those roundtables. They got people who can do it. They got Booker T. He's around. Yeah. They got people who are Legends under of Wrestling contracts. season two. Let's right. Who are, they got people who are under Legends contracts who can talk and you got stories to tell. You got Road Dog. Got Kevin, Na- Kevin Nash. Got like, Nash. Who's on great. the first? Who's in the first installment of the Legends of Wrestling? They got. DDP is in AEW, so maybe not DDP or Chris Jericho, but they got they got people. All right, just go through the Hall of Fame. They got some people on there that they can dial up. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, like maybe Triple H, maybe not Triple H because he's in a uh, executive position. But get Shawn Michaels out there, get Waltman, get Nash, get Booker T, get some guys out there. They can do it. It could happen. I'd be all for it. And get Sergeant Slaughter out there. You got guys backstage, Shane Helms. Uh, all those guys. Who else they got back there? I forget who else they got back there, but working Last for the Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. They got story. They, you know, don't put them on table for three. Get them on. Get them on as Legends of Wrestling roundtable thing. Stay. Kurt Angle. Right. Kurt Angle. I gotta yeah. forget Kurt Angle. Like, <laughs> that stuff would be great though. Like Jason you don't even have to, don't have to use the older guys as you used the first time around. Uh, right. Like like unfortunately, you know, people, Bret Hart. I mean. Right. You can bring Bret Hart right. back, but unfortunately, yeah. people like Dusty Rhodes and Roddy Piper, who were on the first installment. Right. Unfortunately, aren't around anymore. Uh, mean Gene, the same way. If unfortunately passed on, but like those guys were legends of then. But you've got new legends now because you can use nigga. Hey, let's have a round table about the attitude there. Let's have a round table about the Monday Night War. Even though that stuff is tired and is run worn down, but they haven't really talked about it on that format yet. Right, I would wa- I would watch that. I would watch it. You can do, you know. Now they did try. Uh, maybe they the legends with JBL thing. It wasn't exactly the same but, but that's like a sit down one-on-one type of thing yeah, which I that, that was pretty good but yeah. if i had to compare the two legends of wrestling was way better much better much better i did enjoy the legends thing with jbl because it was like a one-on-one sit down it was like a yeah. almost like a larry king type of uh style interview and that was good it wasn't always great but it was good like i said legends <laughs> of wrestling thing though that was fantastic like yes. i don't that stuff i'm still my whole like horseshoe table and everything it was just like a cool yeah and you're just like sitting there not even like they're smoking cigars you know it's great it was awesome and they did a bunch of these legends of jbl thing they got stan hansen on that and he did stan hansen or bruno yeah, i do that's a piece that. bruno he did a two-part over i didn't know he had this many episodes either way uh those were cool but legends of wrestling round table should bring, make a comeback and so yeah i, I don't know man it's just it's a lot <laughs> it comes down yeah. to uh, but WWE Network may be changing uh, for good. Maybe changing for good. Uh, but in the meantime, I think we filled up an entire show talking about this, so we don't have to worry yeah. about doing a video game discussion. We'll do that another time. Sorry. But in the meantime, Nick, let's wrap up episode 225 of The Stray Shooters. All right. You can follow me at Nick Bacone on Twitter. Follow us at Shooters Radio 
on Twitter and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the straight shooter. And you can follow my writing and my editing and my running the website at phillyinfluencer.com. We've got some good stuff up there. Uh, I will hopefully get back to posting this podcast on there. Just things have been so crazy the last few months. But I, I post this podcast on phillyinfluencer.com, send it over to phillyvoice.com. They post it. So I am hoping to get back into the routine of doing that. Um, so hopefully you'll see uh, our podcast return to those websites very soon. And uh, also check out Fox Sports The Gambler on iHeartRadio, the iHeartRadio app. Catch it on 102.5 FM, 1480 AM. There you go. I am at Von M. Johnson on Twitter. Uh, you can't find me there. You can find me out here in these streets, as usual, as always. Um, and, yeah, I'm out here. Just checking out. <laughs> you know? You can check us out on ShootersRadio.com. You can also check us sh- check us out on Patreon.com slash ShootersRadio. We can subscribe to some exclusive content for the nominal fee of $1.99. Of course, you can check us out there on Valentine's Day when we release the exclusive live commentary of St. Valentine's Day Massacre of the main event of St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So check us out on there. Come Valentine's Day, February 14th. Only a little more than a week away, so check us out. But in the meantime, for Nick McCollin, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 225 of The Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week. Peace.